title of today's Dharma talk is Receive Your Own Productions. Is that what I said I was going to talk about? Receive. You know how to do that. We all receive stuff all the time. Your own. In other words, your, whatever you're producing by way of thoughts, ideas, considerations, judgments, everything you're shoving out on the world, on others. Someone walks in the room, you immediately come to some kind of a judgment of them. It's, you don't even think about it. You immediately think this kind of person or that kind of person. Or I like them or I don't like them or who the hell are they? Of course, you would never do that. So how do you do that? How do you receive that? Well, you might have to track it down a little bit. You might have to notice the way that you're producing anything. One of the ways this will show up sometimes if you're talking is you'll notice that your grammar is a little off. And you may not do anything about it, but you might just kind of notice that it's just a very simple, subtle way that you might notice. Another way you might notice uh, is you might say, well, how many, how many eggs did you, how many uh, baskets, how many uh, rocks, how many whatever did you load into the truck this afternoon? You might say uh, about 20. When actually it was only 18. So you lie. Receive your own productions. Whatever you say to anybody, whatever you say to anybody, uh, follow it up with just a little, a little flood. It's like a fan blowing. Just a little bit of awareness needs to track that and see, did you lie? You don't have to say that to yourself. Just notice it. If you say that to yourself, if you question yourself, you've already stopped what you need to see. If you don't understand that, and you probably uh, need to strengthen or stretch your awareness a little bit. Or not. Go do something else. But if you're at this talk, for whatever reason, you're here. Might as well listen for a few minutes. What the heck? San Sanskrit word. Heck. So this is the idea. This is a, a very um, deep subtle and specific way of being responsibility for what you're producing. Responsibility does not mean blame. It means the ability to what? Respond. Whatever shows up, respond. Respond with your awareness. Just receive. Just receive. Whatever whatever's coming your way, receive it. Don't fight with it. Don't argue with it. Don't agree with it. Agreeing with it is actually shutting it out because what you're doing is you're agreeing with your idea of what's coming towards you your prejudice, rather than actually seeing what's there. If you if you actually see what's there, you will not name it. You will not know what it is. This doesn't mean that if it's a forest fire, you won't immediately name it. That's a little different. That's actually looking at the dependent origination, which actually occurs as any given event. All the mul multiplicity which with, with which anything arises. All the impersonality and the personality with which things arise. We, the attributions we make towards things, well, this must be this, this must be that. Don't sort anything. Just receive, just receive whatever's coming. And as you receive what's coming at you, receive or notice or be aware of the reaction you have to everything. Anything that occurs, what do we do? We immediately think, we name it, we give it, we do something with it. That's not that you shouldn't name. We're not saying never name anything. Never have any thoughts about anything. I'm not saying that. That's a misunderstanding. 
It's more like some kind of uh, artificial renunciation. You don't need to do that. So as you're receiving what's coming as an event, someone coming in the room, uh, the, the mail person delivers some mail and knocks on the door or the phone rings and you begin to talk to um, a friend or relative about this, that, or how many eggs you loaded into the truck. 20, 20 eggs. What did you do with the rest of the truck? How many did you break? I didn't break any, but you know you broke one. You just don't want to tell them. Isn't that interesting how we'll, how we'll, little, what do they call those? Pink lies? Yeah, pink lies. It was just a pink lie. Disagree with me. You're wrong, so it's honest, a white lie. <laughs> I'll lose. You're correct. So the most important part of, the, of this is not only receiving what's happening without objecting to it, agreeing with it, or shutting down. Those are the three poisons, passion, aggression, and ignorance. Don't shut down. Don't agree. Because you might be agreeing with your projection about it, and you haven't even examined what it is yet. Because examining what it is is painful or difficult when something shows up. We want to know immediately what that is. We're not willing to just not know for a while so we can see, we can more closely uh, observe how that turns this way or turns that way. What the basic elements of that any given situation actually are. If you know what the fundamental situation is, then any action that you would crank up would probably be appropriate because it would be in response to what is actually there instead of different degrees of what you think is there. Your judgments, your prejudice, your built-in kind of uh, knee-jerk reaction to things. <coughs> this is why awareness is so powerful. This is why I encourage people to train their minds. You don't have to be a Buddhist. I don't care if you, you don't, there's nothing to join here. We don't have a club. There's no dues. We have a sideline of robbing banks. <laughs> so training your mind is very good. What does this mean? It just means uh, um, it just means uh, um, uh, less is better. You know, just like uh, less. Sometimes more is better, but in this case, less is better because we're constantly producing and thinking and adding and. Stuff. And, and subtracting and judging everything. So you could call it meditation if you wanted to. We call it meditation, but actually all it is, the way I teach it, after having, having looked at this for a long time and studied several different ways of working with the mind, the way it is to sit down, sit in a symmetrical posture since your body mind are not two different things. They just look different. Just because you can drive to the store and think about your vacation in Vermont without hitting anything doesn't mean the body and mind separate separated and the more they're separated the more crazy we get i think that's called psychosis isn't it if it gets so far away that you can't get back where's my where are my therapist at everybody's a therapist So in order to train the mind, all we're really doing is sit down, hold still, sit in a symmetrical posture like this, with your hands like this, or like this, and observe, look at the wall, look at something. So the eyes are open, but there's not much happening. It could be a, it could be a trunk of a tree. It could be a, a door. It could be a 
uh, a chest of drawers. Just observe. And if you do that, all the senses open for a long enough period, or maybe many, many periods, eventually the very area of your mind that you are trying to hide out from, that you are trying to avoid, that you are trying to uh, pretend isn't there, so on and so forth, that you want to blame somebody else for or blame yourself for or whatever that gives you a hard time, pardon me, <laughs> that will begin to show up and you'll be able to work with that in a more intelligent way. You'll be able to work with that negativity, whatever it may be, in, in a way that is not, excuse me, not just stuffing it, doing away with it, pushing it aside, pushing it aside. Whatever it is, you want to push, don't want to push anything aside too much, a little bit. But then again, it's not so much about not doing that. It's more about the awareness around that, because just like even though you see that you're starting to do something, like, for instance, the, the little uh, pink lie, uh, you might not want to stop that right away. Don't correct. Don't get better. Getting better is a relevant situation. If you get better, what does that cause? You're going to get worse. It's circular. Anytime you improve anything based on relative truth, relative truth means me up, down, back and forth, night and day, life and death, hot and cold, all the relativities, they belong to each other. Hot is the property of cold. It owns it. Just reflect on that. Kind of a dumb metaphor, but if you think about it, there's a lot of space in that for you to contemplate. Is that a hat? <laughs> An accessory. Accessory. <laughs> I have a few of those. <laughs> Sir? I'm wondering if it makes any difference if what we project onto the world is invalidated by what is apparently arising. Say more. Just fl just flesh it out a little bit more. I'm just thinking about it's maybe easier to see when I project onto something and it's not the case. I see like, oh, I made that up. It's harder to see that when I project onto something and then it lives up to my expectation that it, there's still, it still might not be as valid as I think it is. Don't, don't go to validity. Just awareness. If you go to validity, you actually abandon the awareness that includes. You actually abandon the path to compassion. If, if true compassion is not a, a nice, uh, cozy feeling about other people. If you think it is, you can do that, but it's more about trying to be somebody who's compassionate. That's a misunderstanding. If you're actually compassionate, you won't know it. There won't be anybody left to do that because you're no longer separate from the very situation you were looking at. So just receive that. The willingness to be incorrect or correct, none of your business. Go ahead. Um, when you say it, it might be best not to immediately correct when, when you notice that you're making up a story, um, could you say mm -hmm. why it's better to maybe leave that alone? Good one. So if you're already being, you're already responding to it. So you're already responsible for the the slight uh, deviation that you're doing away from what actually occurred, whatever it may be, or whatever situation you're looking at. And just watch the mechanics of that. Watch how you did that. The longer you look at that, since nothing lasts, everything is constantly changing. Uh, anything that is uh, has a, any kind of uh, existent or separative quality to it is changing into something else slowly or speedily. And just watch that. And you, if you look at it, you'll notice that there's more happening behind that. 
But if you change it too quickly, then we're starting to build up a strong ego that is a good guy that never lies. I never lie. I never, I'm always good. I'm always kind. How about you? <laughs> so it's, a, it's always about working with the, with the apparent identity of a self. It's uh, egocentrism that can build up and look extremely good, but it's more about looking good or appearing kind and loving or so people will think you're generous or compassionate. If you're actually compassionate, there's no credential there. Can't get one. Something like being a nurse with no uniform. <laughs> Nobody knows. Yes, sir. Um, how do I kill my ego or should I kill my ego? No. Ego's unreal. You have to kill anything. You get it? Don't kill. Unless you have to. And then don't make up excuses why it's okay to kill. Don't, don't track yourself down with any justification for anything. Do what you need to do. Live out of your awareness. Live out of this, not this, and not this. This is afraid, and this is paranoid, and this is not separate. But it's not a thought. Don't believe your thoughts. Don't disbelieve your thoughts. Train your mind. Want more? Want a little bit more? Train your mind. In other words, sit down and get to know yourself on a very, very intimate level. You sit and look at that wall for four or five hours. You're going to get to know yourself might not be comfortable, but you may not want to do it. You may want to uh, get a motorcycle and hill climb. That's what I used to do. <laughs> That's how I met my teacher. More? Go ahead. Um, uh, do, you know, do you know anything about metaphysics? Not much. Do you? Any other questions? Or should I keep rambling along? <laughs> Joseph. What is compassion? So the way it is used is uh, is giving consideration and concern to others and supporting others and being kind and loving and helping people in the relative sense. But that's difficult to do unless you're at war with yourself. If you're at war and you're under your ribcage here at the hidden war in, in each of us, not accusing you of anything. But I'm saying that hidden distress or anxiety or pain or suffering that's happening there with, without examining that, very difficult to completely be compassionate. So, in other words, put others before yourself. The vow that we take in this tradition is to be with all things. This is the vow that the Jukai that Laura is going to receive this afternoon. She's going to give up her own trip. <laughs> and she's uh, just going to help Amalia. From now on. And John. John too. So no more putting yourself first. <laughs> more? You're not what what is the difference between not putting yourself first and focusing on this internal what appears to be internal battle? They're very similar. I mean, you, you're going to be doing one or the other. You'll be doing one. And, and everyone is so different that I would say, uh, you know, it's kind of an elimination thing. So just don't do anything unless you have to do it. And this this creates a situation where you're just doing something very simple. Some people might call it laziness. You know, by looking at what you're doing, you're not doing enough or whatever. But you know, train your mind. Find some time to hold still. 
and find some time to reflect on the very nature of the questions you're asking. And go slow. You know, go go slow. Don't move too fast to it. More about that. Good question. So, Brian. How would you answer a child if they were to ask you if they were selfish? Depends on if they were selfish or not. <laughs> <laughs> some children are not so selfish, and some children are selfish. And then I would, if I were going to go further than just be try to be cute or funny, I would say, what do you mean by selfish? What do you mean by that? When you, if you're gonna, what, do you mean? what do you mean by selfish? Self-centered? Yeah. How old is the child? All ages. Well, they're teenagers. Yeah, so a lot of that has to happen. A lot of that, uh, so the, the narcissism or something like that needs to occur. So. I wouldn't, uh, sometimes we it gets interrupted way too soon, and it's just by conversation, sometimes by violence. But parents don't, because of their own lack of training or consideration or compassion, whatever word you want to use, they were trained in a terrible uh, uh, you know, warfare situation with their parents, and it's difficult for them to move beyond that when they have children and not somehow take that on. So it just keeps get, getting, uh, it's like a get contaminated by it. So it's difficult to work with that. So I probably wouldn't say much. Um, just as, a, as a, a response to it, I would say less is better. And I would say less instruction about that. Don't go into concepts in that situation. Less is better. Not too much uh, doing uh, a young person's thinking for them. More, we could talk more about that. It would be so specific. It would be so situational with every situation. Did I just say that? It would be so situational with every instance. That's better. So how that, right, to set up any standards for that, uh, this is what a standard does. It makes you feel supported. But if you cling to it or attach to it, then you miss the variable things that change behind it what the problem with our laws and everything. They're just, he did this, she did this, they did this, so this happens. It's just it's extremely ignorant and even childish. Full-grown people acting like children instead of taking care of everyone. It's such a misunderstanding that it's, that if you begin to see it, it's, it's just strange. It's so confusing. Pardon me, I have an itchy nose. What did you drop? <laughs> drop your. Should <laughs> <laughs> <I> wake you up? <laughs> Further questions? Kian? What is an adult abuse? So I use the word, so not much. Someone's actually mature and is living in this world as, a, as a, someone who understands what this is. They don't have to be enlightened, they don't have to be the Buddha necessarily. In some kind of a manifestation, it just uh, uh, a sense of cooperation, communication, cooperation, collaboration, just working with things as they are without, you know, some some selfishness. There has to be something there. I'm I'm hungry. I need to eat, or I'm, or I have some time so I can help that person uh, do the laundry. Just 
not over, not too much about the identity situation, but not running away from it. It's, uh, in Buddhism, it's called the middle way, not too tight, not too loose. That's what tune. That's what strings the guitar, the sitar, as the Buddha was asked uh, by his uh, one of his students, uh, how do I, how do I train my mind? Or I don't know. I wasn't there, but it, he basically said, how do you train? Uh, how do you, how do you tune your sitar? I think it was. Anybody remembers a story better than I? He says, not too tight, not too loose. He says, that's the way you train your mind. Sit down, hold still. Just watch what moves. Don't add a bunch of controls to it, as is sometimes done in some traditions. And don't run the other way and make it too loose where you're out in the park, laying back, watching the swans go and calling that meditation. It's not meditation. It's entertainment. Meditation is, has been said way before I got here, it's voluntary, voluntary dissatisfaction. You're volunteering to sit down and not feel good so that you can begin to be true to what this is rather than believe in this or run away from this. These two here is what most of the world is doing on some level. Even the ones who seem to be in control, the heads of whatever they are. Juju? What does production look like when it's not generated by ignorance? There won't be much. There'll be no, there'll be no producer. That's the, the basic problem with the world, with the, uh, with the, the way it looks here. Not, not the truth, but the way it looks here is that the production is happening out of ignorance and out of greed and out of fear, passion, aggression, ignorance, rather than out of, uh, of understanding, a deep understanding of what this is. This is not separate. You, if, if you see your neighbor's house burned down, that's your house. If you see someone, someone uh, three blocks away, or you're reading the newspaper who's uh, dying, uh, that's your death. But you're not separate from that death. It may be that may be some separation, but it's not much. Uh, everything's coming to an end. All compounded things will vanish. More about that, or ask me the same question again. And I'll tell you the part I forgot. What does production look like when it's not coming out of ignorance? So it's, uh, it looks more like a dance. It might not, that's the only metaphor I can think of. It's more that things move and move and there's more of a, a natural, because of the awareness is so strong that uh, the dance is has a very uh, tight, esoteric, enclosed uh, form to it. So you can practice that, practice that thing. You can get very good at dancing, at doing that. Salsa or doing the waltz or whatever it may be, uh, or uh, hip hop for that matter. And you, get, you can get very good at that because you repeat it. And, you know, but this is very hard to repeat. It's always changing. So it's very hard to dance with the unknown. And that's that's would be more like you're actually, every time you get up out of bed, it's totally unknown. We have no idea what's going to happen today or anything. So dancing with that. Uh, in, in other words, uh, you can't dance with something that you think is other than you. Uh, if it's other than you, it's, the world is other than you. It's actually not. If anything, if you deal with the separation in an intelligent way, then and I use that word pretty loosely, you, you would see it's something that you want to cooperate. You want to cooperate. You could say get along, use a conventional phrase, get along. Sometimes it's difficult when somebody coming at you is all about wanting to fight with you or something. It's hard not to but run away or fight back or disagree, especially if, they're, if their rhetoric or their talk about it makes so much sense, like if they're smarter than you, which I doubt there's many people smarter than you. But if there was somebody smarter than you that you thought had, 
had, had more understanding about what was happening. It's very difficult to cave uh, without without adding some kind of I can't win feeling. It's difficult to see that you can just you just give an inch. It's called cooperation. Collaborate, yeah. How do we cooperate with someone who's coming at us with a with aggression? So it's very situational. Uh, first, if you've not dealt with your own aggression, if you've been hiding out from your own aggression and just pretending that's not there and I feel great and it's a beautiful day and all that, kind of a Pollyanna kind of approach. It's not that that's not good. We should be uplifted and have a good, enjoyable time. You know, the weather's nice and all that. But if you keep stuffing that area, then when you meet someone who is, who's, they want to they get rid of their aggression. What better way than to get a get rid of your aggression, relatively speaking, than to throw it on somebody else or blame someone or attack someone or you got these feelings, you don't just go after that person. And that somehow on some level relieves that or blame and want to punish them or whatever might happen. Or, and so the idea is uh, make friends with yourself so you're very, very aware. You don't have to get rid of your own aggression. Just be aware of it. Just be aware, and, and, and just the awareness alone will, depending on your karma, the causes and conditions that brought you into this world in the first place, including your mom and dad, and all the other things that came about, uh, then because you're connected with the causes and conditions, you're no longer ignoring all the things that are in motion, you're watching what moves, then that may settle down, it may not. Interesting thing about that, if you're really connecting with that completely, uh, fundamentally, truly, and, and without any apologies, uh, truly, then you won't care whether the aggression goes away or not, because you recognize it just as energy. It's no longer has a personality. No longer has, it might, you might still feel it, but feeling is feeling is feeling is feeling. Energy, energy, energy. It's just compassion. This is how you transmute this into compassion. Then, then you see the aggression coming. You look at the person. You don't see, you see the aggression, but you see behind is incredible pain and suffering. And they want to get rid of it. And they have a big knife. They're about, about ready to, you know, or criticism or whatever coming after you for something. It's because they're suffering, not because they're terrible, horrible people. People look terrible and horrible, but they're all coming out of, they all want to be happy. Everyone wants to be happy. Even rabbits want to be happy. More about that? So it's why I say um, less is better. Remove yourself crazy world that we live in just for an hour or two a day, sit down, hold still, get to know yourself, make friends with the aggression. So when you get up off the Christian cloud into the world, you, the aggression that's already in the world, which there's tons of it, tons is an understatement, uh, that it won't trigger your uninspected aggression and, and, it's, and you start to think the aggression you're feeling is out there and then suddenly your enemy is out there. This is the problem. This is the First World War, Second World War, the Peloponnesian Wars. Anywhere you want to go where there's war, it's because people pro project their uh, their unhappiness on the cause of others, and they want to destroy them. It's called prejudice. It's all over the place. It's rampant. Please don't get try to get rid of prejudice. Be aware of it. If you try to be someone like someone who is not prejudiced, they're just lying. I'm prejudiced. Otherwise, I couldn't talk about it. I was raised that way. But I also don't believe it. You don't have to believe it. Just don't believe it. You can have you can look at someone and, and feel the prejudice come up about somebody from who's from uh, what Mesopotamia. Right away you think anything is spelled with an M. 
I'm being silly, but I'm saying it's like that. You don't have to get rid of, don't get rid of the very energy just because it has a black side to it. This is the problem with a lot of spiritual paths is they tend to go good and evil and they shove away good, evil and push up the good. A misunderstanding and, and, and it can be harmful, very harmful to people who, who buy into good and refuse bad or evil and don't see that they get their meaning from each other. You don't have to be a philosopher. You don't have to have, I don't know, any, any degrees. I just spent my life looking in what is moving with the help of a couple of great sages. Further questions? A question from online, uh, from Joe in Atlanta. How do we work with our partners who struggle to understand our practice and the changes in our relative selves? So again, less is better if you're, I'm, I'm assuming in some sense that you're talking about your, your mate, close uh, relationship or intimate uh, partner. I would say less is better alone. Respect whatever they're doing, respect what they say, put everything on receive. Anytime you can find any of your senses that is uh, the, where the mind is taking over and trying to produce, don't convince anybody of anything. No, no propaganda. Never tell anybody to meditate. You meditate. And I'll tell you. <laughs> so, and at the same time, I say, don't, don't do anything unless you have to. I have to do this. I don't have a choice. This is a choice was for me. If I had a choice, I'd be in Florida. Sitting on, what do they call it? Drinking a uh, water. <laughs> <laughs> so, if your mate asks you, trying to get to know myself better, keep it very simple. No religious uh, malarkey. Just do that. And then respect their, you have to respect, if you're going to really respect anybody, you have to start by respecting their craziness. We so often want to go in and fix somebody or change them or talk them out of something. We shouldn't think that. We should do that, and especially if it's our child. It's really difficult not to manipulate them. Don't correct anyone. So you have to respect someone's intelligence. And if you don't respect it, then you can't fundamentally help them. You'd have to be with, with them. You'd have to almost feel crazy yourself or unintelligent or, or have a kind of uh, suffering or misunderstanding. It's difficult. Be with them. Be with them. It won't hurt you. you do that. You can ask. It's sometimes called uh, sympathy, but not exactly. Not exactly. Sympathy is more like looking down and feeling sorry for someone. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Whatever emotion they're having, you have it too. We're not separate. If you think you're separate, you'll fiction. I could be totally wrong. Probably am. Yes. Uh, could you say more about what production looks like for I'm Receive? It's just you just uh, watch the phenomena. So something arises, and then uh, and then we produce something about it. Uh, something about we're receiving something and then we produce on top of uh, it's this kind of thing well, this is coming this person's coming in instead of just receiving 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 is to not know what's going to happen or who they or really who they are even though you you've known them for years it's a not really know and it's at the for the ego mind self-centered mind it's a kind of a feeling of uh, insecurity we we kind of depend on our relationships to keep that uh, that self-centered mind uh, uh operable keep it so it's believable there's more about that if they want to go further. 
use um, six, uh, what word do you use successfully while I'm receiving the news? Can we produce without adding on? My thing is more on receive. I think it's then then it's called cooperation. I simply put, just a pragmatic way of talking about it. Someone, it's like it shows up in our in our forms, our social forms of politeness. Someone comes in and says, "Hi, how are you doing? So, pretty good. We're doing pretty good today. How are you doing?" So right then, right then, what do you you follow it up and you notice that you just lied. You feel like crap. So be aware. Uh, it's, there's no our precepts do not say don't lie. Well, some understanding says that, but it's, it's a lower level when you first start. It has to start with a parental kind of thing. But at some point, you have to be aware. You have to re, you have to observe that precepts and see how you can't help but somehow be dishonest. That's the path to liberation. It's an awareness path. It's not an accomplishment path. There's no way. Well, these, are, these are not commandments. We think they're commandments. It's a misunderstanding. So you would watch how that happens, and you would notice that, and you would also notice about the other. You notice the more you can tell how sincere you are, how genuine you are, it starts to show up how sincere you are. Not separate. It's amazing. You already know that. Asking me things you already know. <laughs> Thank you, Toji. Yes. How can we... Be more aware of our production without the desire to get better. Just watch the desire to get better as a production. So you're just producing that. It's just dependently risen. But what we do is we personalize it, and that gives it some kind of energy. Then it becomes the property of our ego mind, the, the unreal self that I was saying you don't have to kill or get rid of. All you have to do is be aware of it. The, the ego that started, that was happening here when I was 12 years old, 15, 18, when I was the four years I spent in the Marine Corps, that was using the Marine Corps to try to beat me down into obedience. That, that ego is still here. It's just not real. I mean, it's not believable. It's a, it's a, it's a, a fiction. It's, a, it's just not real. So there's, a, does that help? There just seemed to be such a great demand for correction and being better. And is is an awareness practice? Does it also have some subtle message about yes being better? Yeah, but that that improvement thing should be uh, you know should be should come later. It's it's the conceptual constructing construction that needs to come later. Awareness needs to lead and awareness if awareness is leading then any construction that's to follow or any correction or adjustment will just happen out of dependent origination. You actually use dependent origination. This causes that causes that causes that because you're no longer at war. Then you're no longer uh, disagreeing or agreeing or ignoring the causes and conditions that arise as, as any given thing. This, uh, this kotsu is made of wood. Someone carved it. Um, and and at some point, it was in a tree somewhere. I don't think it's plastic. But it was in a tree. And so all the tree had to grow. And if you actually trace this identity, this kotsu or this teaching stick, uh, to where it was from, it's kind of odd. It might have been, you know, this was, uh, I think this was maple. Is this maple? Maple syrup? So um, 
maybe maybe it came out of a tree that was 50 years old, 100 years old, maybe even older than that. But here, here part of this out of there, it's like uh, uh, Michelangelo said about uh, someone asking about the, the sculpture of David. Uh, how did you do that? He says, I just took everything away that wasn't David. <laughs> <laughs> so here we have the kotsu. And so, but it's dependently risen. It can't, it, many, many countless things came together. Rain. Um, the, what causes things to grow? What causes things to grow? Rain. Minerals. Magic. Magic. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, to, to, and there's no way, there's no way you can see all that. That's all the informational quality, all that, all that you can't actually, it's too much. It's just too much. So the ego mind doesn't like that too much, who knows kind of thing. So it clamps down on things and, and has what we call results. And then it calls it scientific. And it's not that there isn't something to that. We should, I'm not saying ignore uh, that kind of thing, but you know, be a little bit suspicious anytime anybody proclaims anything, especially this old man. Don't believe a word I say. I'm not here to to uh, convince you of anything. I'm here to uh, present something, and then you're intelligent. If it help, helps you, uh, put it to use. If it doesn't, do something else. Do find a better meditation teacher, one that will guarantee something. <laughs> Um, a few more questions that are coming online. Yes. Greg from the UK asks, <clears throat> is there a way for ego to fake observe? I mean, is there a way to be aware but still be run by ego? Yeah. Just, uh, Greg, just the fact that you can answer that or ask that question tells me that your your, your awareness is already looking into the, the gaps and breaks and interstices and various manifestations of the way the self-centered mind works. So, yes, it's just a matter of continuing. <clears throat> Excuse me. And don't conclude. Include everything. If you need to do one of the two cludes, need to do something, include. Concluding, uh, including is you're always open, you're always open, you're always open, you're always on receive, you're including, you're including, you're including, you're through the, all the senses, not just the eyes or the mind, you're including. You know, nothing is threatened. You know, who, who you actually are is not threatened. Who, who, you, are, who you actually are is not separate from anything. In our fancy way of saying, we call it Buddha nature, awakened truth. You're, you already are that. We're just all covering it up as human beings. We're just covering it up. So then, uh, this include is is like this, opened up and concluding. Even if it's accurate, even if it's um, actually some kind of conclusion, like you don't need to conclude. Fire is hot. Ah. I'm saying it's hot, it's hot. Water's wet. Simple. But if we conclude about anything, then we, we stop investigating or looking or we stop receiving. This doesn't mean that you can't have that that won't go back and forth and conclude. But what happens is the mind wants to get a conclusion that it can rely on, depend on, so it doesn't feel threatened. And it might be better to find out is there something threatened? Let's look at that. William Murray from Grand Rapids has a question. Yes. He said, in Traverse City, you said that seeing another's aggression is actually your own, our own aggression. Today, you talk about seeing another's aggression. How do we see another's aggression if it is ours? Just keep doing it. 
It couldn't show up either way. Identity is the main problem. Mistaken identity is the, is the issue here. And it's so difficult to, because if you see it, it just can't be that. It can't be that simple. So I'm saying it, goes, it can go back and forth. It's very fluid. At times, the other person's aggression can show up as the action. I'm not saying the actual person isn't aggressive and coming to you. But since, you're, since you can't see deeply what's happening with them, you, you can't have any consideration or can give them the benefit of the doubt or, or say, oh, they're, they're suffering, they're really suffering. And so instead, we tend to react in such a way that increases the aggression. Either we run away, increases the aggression, they chase us, or we fight back, increases the aggression. Or we, we just we try just not to pay any attention to it. And that's probably the worst thing you can do with aggression because then they think you're, they add on to that, you're ignoring me, you're disrespecting me, you're, you think that I'm uh, whatever, any combination of things like that. Sato. Um, when we're in that situation and we see their aggression as suffering, if that aggression is also ours, is the suffering also ours? Probably. But you don't need to sort anything out. Uh, the, not, nothing is uh, the fundamental situation. There's nothing confused. That's why I say don't fix anything. If we fix something, it's based on our idea, our interpretation, our conclusions about the various ways in which things are wrong or broken or should be fixed. It's just a it's just a way of looking at it. It doesn't need to be done. So then, and what happens in that situation is still made up of causes and conditions. So that particular person that is being aggressive and that you say you do see how deeply they're, how much trouble they're having, you know, you, so it's so situational. It's hard to say what you do. You you might um, you might have to ignore them. You might have to just change the subject, or you might you might have to to find a different frequency, a level. Sometimes working with with people. Sometimes if you're kind of trapped in a situation, like if they live in the same house and they're they're your mate, it's a lot a lot different. But you can there are ways that you can do it. If uh, sometimes in Buddhism it's called uh, skillful means. And uh, I don't use that word much, but I'm using it now because it's like just looking at the situation and see if there isn't a, uh, the, real, the important thing is to continue the communication, even if it's silent, but to do it in such a way that you're not triggering further confusion with the person. And in order to do that, you have to have really looked at your own confusion without fighting with it. You have to make, you have to, okay. peace is already the case. It's already the case. You don't have to make peace. Just stop making war. And how do you stop making war? You have to see that it's war. You have to actually see that some little thing that you're saying or doing or in your own mind or with a, your mate or with a neighbor or with a child or whatever is, is warlike. Not about stopping that. You may not be able to stop that. It may need to be to sit on the, on the inspection table for a few more years. You might have to look at that very closely to see the way that war develops. We're not talking about finding the first cause. You can't find first cause, but what you can find is the very thing, the very words that were came out of the Buddha's mouth 2,500 years ago. Everything is dependently risen. There's not a single solitary thing anywhere. You can't, things are so not separate. You can't, as it's been said in the tradition, you can't slide a piece of paper between anything. Not separate. It's just a metaphor for saying, look closely. Laura from Traverse City has a question. Along the same lines as Joe's question, what do we say to a friend group 
who says, what's the Buddhist stuff all about? What's the most effective response? Well, there again, it's uh, what's the Buddhist stuff all about? The, it depends on the, on the relationship and the situation. Uh, but uh, my first uh, thought about that is say, damn if I know. <laughs> I might say that. There, I know a lot of people that have no idea I'm even a Buddhist, let alone a monk. Never comes up. So, Laura, knowing you, I can't imagine you doing anything incorrectly. She knows what I think. Less is better. Um, I sometimes say this, uh, lately I've been saying, when somebody asks you something about that, give them a little bit, but make them drag it out of you. If somebody's not ready to hear about meditation, don't preach. If you're a meditator, mind your own business, meddle with anybody. They'll let you know if they want to do this. If they do, if they really want to do this, I mean, you can make it available. But no preaching. Mind your own business. What's this Buddhist stuff all about? You could say if there's someone you talk to a lot, you say, I don't know, what do you want to know? Well, why do you do that? Well, you know, there's all kinds of responses, uh, canned responses to that, but you might want to just uh, respond uh, out of your own. Why are you doing that? Be genuine. When you're really genuine, you notice your, you notice how you lie. You can't notice that unless you're genuine. If you don't have, if you have questions about that, then I probably won't ever answer. Without lying, that is. More? Are we at the end of our thing? Okay, very good. Thank you. We'll stand and dedicate the merit at the back of our chant books. And I'd like to remind everybody about the donation boxes in the hallway. We appreciate your financial support. Also, again, Orange Jukai will begin at 1. And then this Saturday is our month-end all-day retreat. So please join us if you can. Thank you. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. The Ten Directions, the Three Worlds, all Buddhas, all Venerable Ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the Great Prajna, Paramita, and bodhisattvas of the ten directions of the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokotoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light. <laughs>